0: You're listening to the Sports Blog New York podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, App, Google Play, SoundCloud, the whole nine, as well as on sportsblognewyork.com. You can hit me on Twitter at pKennedy with two wise or the blog Twitter, which is at sportblognyc. Joining me on today's program, Mr. Alec Argento. How you doing, Sup. Hope you're doing well after a good old weekend of. Uh, Baseball and trades and more misery for the Mets. A tough little stretch for the Yankees. But there's a lot to talk about from an overarching perspective in baseball right now. Oh, sure. A lot of trades happening. I mean, bye-bye Chase and Shreve, which was like a moment of glory. He stole my heart. It, It was a moment of glory for Yankees fans. But then you heard him talk in his little press conference, and it just like... Oh, it broke my heart.
1: I hate when I have to remember that they're real people. I hate that so much. It
0: stinks, man. I, uh, he he just he turns to the camera. and He's like, uh, and you can you can hear his sorrow. And he goes, "I just love these guys. Uh, I I love these teammates. I'm I'm sad to leave. Like it's part of the business." And it's just like, oh, human beings, man.
1: Can you, can you, I mean, just think about it. You have you have a job you love for four years, and then you, you you you're not wanted there anymore, and. You're done that
0: day. I mean, imagine you work at, I don't know, J.P. Morgan. And then they're like, you know what? We're trading you to, uh, <laughs> I don't know, P- Richmond County Savings Club Bank. Like, you
1: know, <laughs> you get traded to our, our Richmond County. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's not
0: the same. Well, we got a lot to talk about. Maybe we'll mix in some football, basketball stuff at the end just for funsies. But it's baseball. It's Mets. It's Yankees. It's trade season. But well, it's a Sports Blog New York podcast. P. Kennedy. Alec Argento. And all you have to do right now is sit back, listen up, and stay tuned. like you heard in the open. Sports Blog New York podcast. Pete Kennedy, Alec Argento, in the house. Thank you so much for listening. As always, if you feel so kind, just you know, hit us on iTunes and Apple Podcasts app with the little rating. I've noticed in the past uh, couple weeks, actually, a couple more ratings pop up. But what was missing from those ratings, Alec, which were thankfully all five stars, I noticed, you know there may be four or five more star ratings, but there were no written reviews. So to you people who did drop some stars, I appreciate that. But you know what? If you drop some knowledge, drop some words with those stars, it goes even further. So if you're listening to the program and you like what you hear, let us know what you think. Hit us on iTunes, drop those stars, and then also drop some thoughts on what you like, what you don't like, and it means a ton to us. Or anything.
1: Yeah. Tell us about your day. (laughs) Sure. Just tell
0: us the most random thing that comes to your mind.
1: Speak specifically about your political leanings.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about the economy right now? You think, is the job market good? What Do you, do you have a job? Where do you work? I don't know. Just tell us something. And
1: reply to everyone else's reviews. <laughs> <with your, laughs>
0: uh, there's one review on there actually from uh, somebody who I found out to be a friend of mine. So it doesn't feel as great because, you know, he's a friend. He might be listening to this. Uh, but well, he, All of our, our listeners are our friends. That is correct. Mm-hmm. But he's a specific friend who I know personally. I should say that. Does that count? I know everybody personally. right? I'm trying Roll. to give you an out there. That uh, was a good alibi, but I didn't take it. Uh, He he named himself on the uh, review machine, hot take guy, and he (laughs) said he's never been more dominant in the water cooler conversations until he started listening to the podcast.
1: That's what we do here. Is he saying because of my hot takes or your hot takes? Uh,
0: Maybe his own hot takes that he derives from listening to such an interesting program.
1: Mm, Okay. You
0: never know. You never know. But if you want to dominate water cooler conversations, especially during the slow sports weeks, this is the podcast for you.
1: Just. Sorry, get me started on Dak. <laughs> <We'll get going. laughs> and like I said in the open, football's around the
0: corner, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for football. Excited for the Jets and Giants equally probably right now. Obviously, I'm a Giants fan by trade, so the Giants have a lot to look forward to. Uh, Saquon Barkley, Odell's back. The offensive line has some players on it. The defense uh, should be better. Eli is Eli. We'll see. But then we got Sam Darnold, who's holding out right now. Maybe we'll talk about that at the end. Maybe we'll talk about oh. that
1: problems at jet camp oh no (laughs) has that ever happened before
0: but where we need to start is with the new york mets and if you're listening and you go oh the mets like what talk about the yankees because they actually matter i agree with you but the mets have this uh, whole thing going on here where it's like do you buy do you sell do you sit tight we thought they were going to sit tight they made some trades they moved familia they move a dribble cabrera and um Mets fans still aren't quite happy because the returns aren't sexy. And, and that's kind of, kind of what I want to talk about here. And we can relate it to the Yankees' trades as well because the baseball trades are weird. You don't really know what's good and bad for, until years come by. Until years pass. Look
1: at the Andrew Miller trade for, for Justice Sheffield and Clint Frazier. We still don't know what will happen with Justice Sheffield or Clint, Clint Frazier. Andrew Miller's barely played in Cleveland uh, outside of that one year where you almost won the World Series. You just don't know what you're going to get in a baseball trade.
0: And even, you know, you think back to R.A. Dickey, it was like, wow, that trade was fantastic. And you're going to do that over and over and over again to get Syndergaard and Darnell. But Darno was like the key chip he of that trade. He was the centerpiece of that trade. And and who the hell is Travis Darno to Mets fans? Like he's he's irrelevant. Hasn't played in months. He's irrelevant. And Syndergaard has obviously been fantastic. And now of late has not even been on the field. So it's so weird with basketball trades. You know, they hit. You kind of have a good idea what's going on. But even still, things happen over time. Draft picks. Same with football. A third round pick could seem meaningless. But then if you draft a guy who's a stud. Bada bang, bada boom. With these baseball trades, you know, we get this guy Colome from the Phillies in this Drupal Cabrera for trade. It's like, oh, some people like him. He's got some good stuff. He might be some a year or two away. He's gonna stay in double A for the rest of the season. And it's like, all right, how do I get excited about this? How do I get excited? So, Al, I want to ask you how do you react to baseball trades? When you see Cabrera go and this no name guy, to us at least, no name
1: to us, come into the, our system now, it's like How do you judge it? How do you react? Well, on a rental, anything you get that has potential, even if it's a lottery ticket, that's a win, right? A reliever—we went through a period where relievers were super overvalued, and, you know, you gave up a Chapman for for two months and you got a Glaber Torres. Which is wild, looking back. And the Yankees are – like there was a couple teams that did it. The Yankees did it with two people. They did it with Andrew Miller and, and, and Raul Chapman But it really hasn't happened like that since. Now you, relievers are, are valued more, but there's more of them because there's a, like a dynamic shift in there. Um, I don't know. With the Mets fans, it's kind of weird because I actually think that all the trades they're doing are the right trades. I think they should do more and kind of lean into it. But Mets fans are kind of like a fever pitch because – of all the things that they've had to deal with. And now it's like, okay, they're starting to do something. It just doesn't feel like any immediacy to it. But you can't judge a baseball trade. If it's a rental, you're giving up a rental, you're getting something. That's a win. You have to look at it like that. It really is weird. I mean, I think the Glaber Torres
0: or all this Chapman trades, one of the few that stands out in my mind as like a complete win-win for both sides. Mm -hmm. And even though the Cubs won that World Series, which they will do 10 times out of 10, You know, Theo Epstein will do that trade tomorrow if it meant you know they were now front runners to win the World Series again. But that worked out for the Yankees, man. You get Chapman back in free agency, and Glaber Torres looks like he will be the best, second best, or maybe third best player on your team for years and years to come. That trade doesn't exist. That trade doesn't happen like right now. Where where is that trade right now? You know, if the Nationals turn around and trade Bryce Harper, you know maybe the Nationals turn around and say, hey we just got three absolute studs who are minor league players and if they're lucky one or two of those studs may work out
1: yeah it's all do. And, and another thing with baseball trades too is that people don't realize there's the rule 5 draft in baseball too where if they're not on your 40 man i think it's like 5 years or whatever it is something like that you'll just lose them somebody another team can take them and like a lot a lot of the yankees are dealing people that probably had a lot of potential and they could have gotten more like Dylan Tate but he wasn't going on the forty man next year and somebody else would have taken him up and you you have to make decisions based off of that too. and it muddies things so you you can't you have to baseball trades are so dynamic there's so many different things to factor into it. you, you gotta just hope that you, you trade old for young in baseball and that's all you could really hope for
0: right and then you just let it you let it live you let it happen you mm-hmm. let, you wait and see. So when you see Mets fans on Twitter or your friends or callers into radio stations, when you hear that, and the natural reaction is, oh my god, Jairus Familia, he was our, one of the best closers in Mets history, which doesn't say too much. But but still, he was. He was great for a long time, even though he had his struggles here and there and his injuries and whatnot and his off-the-field problems. But a Mets fan may think, he's a stud. Why did we not get more in, bat, in return?
1: And you look at Zach Britton, who is, in my mind, the same type of reliever as Jairus Familia is uh, and got the same return.
0: I mean, you can almost say... Too much. Was it the same? Was it what you? What was the Britain trade again? Remind me. The
1: the Britain trade was Dylan Tate. Um, they gave up Dylan Tate. They gave up. He he was the centerpiece. They gave it Josh Rogers, uh, and they gave up a, a reliever. I forget. I forget who they gave up the reliever. Was it what was
0: the Billy McKinney involved trade? That, that was the Brandon Drury. That was the Billy Drury, McKinney. right?
1: Yeah, but I think the Yankees gave up a lot more. But nobody who doesn't know the Yankees farm system. Knows about Dylan Tater, Josh Rogers. They, they're no name people. So you look at the list and they're like, okay, he's the 10th and 13th best prospect on their team. So it's like, okay, that means nothing to anyone. You know? Right. But that's what you're going to get for leave a reliever rental or lottery tickets. And maybe those lottery tickets could be studs. I mean, you know, you look at like what the Yankees traded Justin Wilson for Luis Sessa and Chad Green. Justin Wilson was good. And they got rid of him for two lottery tickets. One of them turned out to be pretty good in Chad Green. The other one's a lottery ticket that didn't work out, you know? That's what you take in in, in in when you're dumping, and I don't know. I just think the Mets should lean into it a little bit more now. Get rid of the people like the Degroms and everything like that. Oof. And it sucks to hear, but if you're, I
0: know it's crazy. But
1: now you have you're you're losing the the few semblances of like talent you have on the team. Now you got to just rebuild entirely.
0: Do you think the Mets' idea of asking for too much, in some's estimation, for Jacob Degrom? Like, do you think that is? The right way to go about it, because it when, when you're talking about Jacob no, you Degrom. Should for too much. You, you should, should be asking
1: for too much, almost right. But when the offers present themselves, which I'm sure they have, they're not listening to it right now because you you know people are calling in with good offers to, to, for Degrom right now, and now it's a point of you have to take the best offer. You can't you can't wait for the perfect offer. You take the best offer at that point. You know.
0: And another thing to remember with baseball trades is not all farm systems are created equal. Mm-hmm. So, for example. The tenth and or what did you say, ninth and thirteenth prospect yeah, in the yeah. Yankee system is a lot different than the ninth and thirteenth prospect in the Mets system, being that the Yankees have the fourth best, or what is it, or the second best now, third best? Uh,
1: I think they diminished a little bit after these a- trades. After
0: these trades, or before the trades, though. Say yeah, before these trades, like they, were, they were they were in the top, top five. five. They were a top five farm system. So their ninth guy is probably the Mets fifth guy. The Phillies have a great farm system. Their 10th guy may be the Mets' 4th guy. And that's another thing that you have to think about. So with the Oakland A's, no Mets fan in their right mind. So I'm sure there are some who are not in their right mind who actually look up the Oakland A's farm system and, and look at Will Toffee and whoever the hell else they got and, and say, oh, this guy's this or this guy's that. Those people are kind of the minority in fans, right? So most people see the headline that pops up on their phone, the ESPN update or whatever, and see, oh, Familia for who and who and what? We, got, we saved $1,000. Like, wait, wait, what? Like what is that? What do we do? Are the Mets even going to spend that thousand dollars that they saved, or that they earned from the uh, international pool?
1: That's another big thing that factors into into trades too. Like the Yankees just just not to cut you off, but the Yankees just signed the number one pitching international pitching prospect. They traded uh, they, they traded for a bunch of international trading uh, signing bonus money in a, in the trades they did, like the ch- the Chase and Tree one, and now they were able to sign the top international pitching prospect. So they turned Chase and Tree into the number one international pitching prospect, right? So that's a trade yeah. you got. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's the trade they made.
0: Which is crazy. Um, well, Let's talk about Familia for one more second before we move back to the Yankees and kind of go into the Yankees' uh, second half and run to try to catch Sorry. the Sox here. Um, Jarius Familia, if you are a Mets fan, so put yourself in that situation if you can, okay. and you watch now or watch or keep up with, whatever, however you do it, if you see Familia find success with the Oakland A's right now, do you find that frustrating? Do you kind of pull for the guy because he's one of ours? Where do you land on looking at that trade right now and how familiar it does for the rest of the season as to how you evaluate the trade? Or can you not even look at that? No,
1: you can't look at it like that because you know what he's going to give them. He's going to give you, at least you think he's going to give you what he gave you on the Mets, right? So you got to be okay with that and just, Keep an eye on the farm system for, for your guys. I mean, that's that's what I did with when, when, with Glaber, you know. That's what I did with, with Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield and everything. I'm pulling for those guys. Dylan Tate was another one of those guys. We got him for Beltran. Um, you know, you, you can't hate on a guy for leaving. He I mean, he didn't
0: choose to leave. <laughs> well, he kind of did because
1: he wasn't signing with the Mets in right. season anyway. He's, he's going to get paid. But, you know, Let him do his thing. Who cares?
0: It's true. I mean, when, when was Beltran traded? 14, 15?
1: Uh, was it 2015 when we 2015? sold that? 2015.
0: That's yeah. kind of crazy. The thing. Who's
1: our lone all star that year?
0: Think about it, that's three seasons ago, right? 2015. The Yankees are like this kind of up and coming squad, and they're they're outperforming their ex- expectations, and they look like a great great come up story. And they sell at the at the deadline. Yankee fans looking back now, we're kind of upset at that point because it's like, wait, we kind of have a good record. Like, why are we selling right now? But then you look at it and who it brought in and the types of deals you got. Labor tours for Chapman. Uh, so-and-so for Andrew Miller, and it's like, wow, well, that was an absolute no-brainer because the team still competed for the rest of that season, and then moving forward, they've been absolutely packed. Um, But now, to segue to the Yankees a little more fully here, we were talking about the past couple months, we're talking over and over again about are the Yankees too deep? Do they have almost a problem to the point where it's like we have too many guys who deserve innings, too many guys who need to get at-bats. It's physically impossible to get Clint Frazier at-bats when he's healthy. Because there's Hicks, Judge, Stanton, Gardner, and and so on and so forth. Now that Judge is injured, now that you just sent out Billy McKinney, yeah, you still have Gardner, Hicks, and Stanton. Clint Frazier's hurt. The depth that we were now we were we used to question was it a good problem or a bad problem doesn't even exist in this moment. So does that make you reconsider kind of where the team's at and how they should have handled the trades?
1: I don't know. I mean, you can't. The judge thing wasn't like you pulled a hamstring that it re-aggravated or anything like that. So right? So that's that's just an injury that's going to happen to some people no matter what. Right? That's just you can't. It, it, as as much as it sucks to lose him for three weeks, three weeks isn't that bad, right? right. Uh, it's
0: like, not, like Aaron Judge said in his press conference, uh, "Thank God this didn't happen in September."
1: Yeah, exactly. And and, and it's a broken bone. It's not. It's not a, a, a ligament tear. He'll come back and he'll beat him again. You know, he might
0: be swinging by the middle end of this week
1: yeah exactly it's a, it's a it's a chip it's a chip fracture and everything like that but you can't you can't base your trades off of you know y- y- you use your prospects for what you need to right the yankees our system is a little depleted now because all our guys came up and you know proved themselves like miguel andujar is one of our top prospects Labor tour is one of our top prospects now they're just not in your system anymore so you don't we have no need for position players at this point we have them all locked up um if you have them in the minors, you trade them away, and and then you can deal with whoever's going to be our DH for three weeks. If it's going to be Tyler Wade or something like that, we'll probably get rained out most of those games. Anyway. <laughs> I Man, the Yankees rainouts have rainouts this year
0: have been incredible.
1: I mean, just for me, in the past, two they've never won a doubleheader. They've they've always uh, split them.
0: It was just crazy. I mean, just for me, in the past two weeks, I'm working my uh, highlight shift at the fan and. Two Literally twice in a week, uh, I didn't have to work because the, the Yankees <laughs> got rained out. I just sat there like, all right, well, there's no highlights for me to cut up. Uh, it's weird to look at the standings and see, like, oh, the Yankees have a really nice record. And you look at some of the surrounding teams, and it's like, wait, they just have much higher numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they're better or worse, it's like, wait, they've played how many more games than the Yankees? It's very bizarre. Uh, but in regards to Zach Britton and Jay Happ, who's now had his first start at the Yankees, look pretty good.
1: That's what you can expect. He will do that every time he goes out.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anything less, trade him trade him away again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do those two feel like the types of people that can help put this team to any bit higher of a level? I'm not saying Jay Happ or Zach Britton are going to put you guys over a hump, but can they get you closer to the hump? Do you see these guys contributing when it matters most?
1: Well, it depends on how they use them, right? If Zach Britton is going to be our setup guy or a inning guy, then no. Uh, I don't think, you know, he's I don't think he really added to the team at all um, what we needed. It just didn't matter. It didn't do anything for us that we didn't have. I don't think he's what he used to be. I, I, I don't think he's a closer level pitcher anymore. Um, and he's a rental. Right. So it's just we, we, we didn't need it. I, if Boone manages the bullpen better than he did. I mean, you know, you have A.J. Cole, who I don't think has given up a run yet, and he hasn't used him in like a month and a half, right? And Chad Green barely gets used anymore. David Robertson, it's really just David Robertson, Batanzas, uh, and Chapman, so it just wasn't a need we needed, a position we needed to be filled, so I didn't really love that trade. I don't care, because it doesn't really affect anything, um, but the J-Hap one, it depends on how we view him, right? If he's going to be the second guy in our rotation in the playoffs, that's not really going to help us, unless, like, I know he kills the Red Sox and the Astros, but... You know, at the end of the day, it's the playoffs. So I'm sure they'll come to play. If he's our fifth guy who's just going to try to guess a couple of wins that we weren't getting with Domingo Herman, then sure. then That helps us because we were losing that every fifth day no matter what.
0: Where you guys are right now, behind the Red Sox, I'm not sure the exact updated after the Sunday games, but um, what are they, five games back of the something Red like Sox? five, five and Some, five, and five, five and a half, something like that.
1: And there's still 30 games over.
0: Right, which is just bonkers. Do you feel like you are in the business as a Yankees fan of – just absolutely hauling ass to try to win as many games as you can to, to win the division? Or are you in the business of just prepping for the playoffs and that one-game playoff and and getting in how you can and hopefully not losing in the winner go home? Well, I, don't,
1: I think it's bad to focus on the teams around you because you can't affect what they're going to do. You can only affect what you can control, right? So you have a ton of games against the Red Sox. We've actually played really well against the Red Sox the past couple of years, including this year. So don't focus on them. Just continue playing your game. Don't alter it, because when you alter it you start getting it in your own head, it's going to affect you negatively, I think. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, because it hasn't happened so far, but the Red Sox are doing things that shouldn't be happening, like their BAPIP, BAPIP, however you pronounce it. Bat-
0: batting average yeah. of balls in play, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. This is what yeah. yeah,
1: and it, it's it's unreal. It's unsustainable, at least what people think. It's like they never hit into bad luck. It's got to catch up to you eventually. It really it, – no. it's just in, inhumane what they're doing. What J.D. Martinez is doing, he never – he'll never hit a line drive into the first baseman's glove, right? It just never happens. So you got to think that they're going to have a downturn. I mean, this happened in the beginning of the season too, right? We were seven and a half games out, and then we, we were leading the division for a couple months with like two or three games up. So – I don't know this. This kind of stuff all alters, all figures out if you don't alter your game and and they don't change things. And even if they lose an Aaron Judge and everything like that, they still have so much depth. You never, you got nothing out of Gary Sanchez all year this year, right? Like absolutely nothing. And Austin Romine stepped up, right? And now
0: you're getting stuff stuff out of Neil Walker, who you know for months Yankee fans were just so annoyed to even see his name on the lineup card. You can go check out whoever posts the lineups every day for the Yankees on Twitter and the comments and the quote tweets are, Oh my God, Neil Walker's in again. Oh my God. Neil Walker's batting where? And now, you know, I, I think Greg Bird said in the post game the other day, he said, Neil Walker he's has been, too. yeah. And he's back and he's swinging the bat. Well, Greg Bird goes, Neil Walker's a true professional and he's showing it. And he's proving
1: that he is that guy. And now he's helping the team win games. The problem I have with the Yankees that everyone always says is wait till they all get hot together, but they're every person. Player on that team outside of, like, Anduhar and Gleyber Torres, they're all streaky players. Right. Every one of them. Breck and those Arden. guys
0: are in their first year, so you can't even count them as a sure thing. Exactly.
1: Anyway. So it's like when you are when you have a whole team combined with streaky people, you're probably never going to get them all on the same level at the same time, which is difficult. And that's why, like, you know, having Aaron Judging and Giancarlo stand in the same line doesn't really help you because they don't – it's not like they balance each other out. You know they're just going to continue doing their game, and it's going to screw up a lot of times. It's going to be really good sometimes, other times.
0: In a way, it reminds you of the basketball uh, philosophy of shooting the threes. You know, what do you mean the ho- the home run thing, the shooting the threes? It's a similar concept. I mean, the Yankees are kind of built around home run a little bit, and some people hate it, and some people say, well, if that's what they do, that's what they do. And same thing with the Houston Rockets; they're built around three point ball. That's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. Are they going to change in the playoffs? Are they going to continue with the same yeah, strategies? Yeah, but
1: I, I also think it's a stupid thing. I mean, not that you're saying this, but a lot of people so say— So you're calling me stupid. Yeah, a little bit. But, but I know Pete doesn't say this, but a lot of people say you can't rely on the long ball in the playoffs. Whenever we face Corey Kluber, we we just destroy him with home runs every time. And,
0: and you don't specifically manufacture those runs.
1: No, but— you can. It's it's same thing like a three. It's like you you, you can rely on the home run because they're gonna hit it.
0: <laughs> right, and you're not gonna go over twenty seven in a playoff game, possibly the biggest game of your season. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just it's not gonna it's not gonna work like that. And when you have enough people that can do it, and when one swing of the bat changes the game dramatically, and even the Red Sox who are hitting better in their top three than any other uh, team in baseball, you can rely on our team more for a home run than theirs.
0: Where does your confidence lie in regards to the Yankees versus the Red Sox head-to-head? Because obviously those 10 games remaining head-to-head against the Red Sox are going to be huge. They're going to be some of the few appointment television-type games across baseball this entire season. Where's your confidence now? Because the success where the Yankees versus the Red Sox has been there, where the Red Sox have gained the ground, has been beating up on the little guys. Where the Yankees haven't specifically beaten up on the little guys
1: guys quite
0: like the Sox have, right? Right. So, but head-to-head, and then we'll go back to the other stuff. Head-to-head, where do you feel the Yankees stand against the Red Sox when they're on the same field?
1: I, I think the Yankees need to play better teams more because they, they lose against the crappy ones like 100% of the time. How many times are we going to go into the trop and, and lose two out of three, right? But we, we, we beat the, the Astros. We beat the Indians. We beat the Red Sox. And we're going to – because we play up to our, to our competition. I think we'll beat them pretty well. Um, we have a lot of games at Fenway. can't expect to win every series and here's the thing too is if you go into a series and you win two out of three you only gain one game in the division right right Right? that's
0: which could be a big deal in the right moment but it also could be like uh
1: it wasn't quite enough but you need to make up five plus games in 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 the uh in the standings
0: right and if the red Sox are just sweeping the twins and sweeping the freaking royals when the yankees are splitting double headers with them that's where the differences can be made (coughs) excuse me so if i'm reading you correctly you feel pretty damn good about the Yankees and the Red Sox on the same field that the Yankees are going to grab their sh- fair share of dubs. It's the other games that are ner- making you nervous a little bit.
1: Yep, uh, because uh, I'm a big proponent of the magic in a season. Big proponent. Uh, the Red Sox have the magic this year. I, it, wow. It I'm, I'm, really sucks because I thought this was the Yankees' year. But and, and Brian, we talk about it all the time, but Brian Cashman always says it. He's like, we're not – the Warriors, or anything like that, we were the team that won the wild card last year. That's it. Looks like we're gonna do that again this year, and right? We, we can win, we you know, we, we made it to game seven of the ALCS last year, and we probably should have won that series, but but you didn't, we didn't, <laughs> but we didn't exactly. Yeah. And and we can we could do that. I think we in, in a playoff series we match up better against the Red Sox. Home field advantage is a big deal for a team like the Yankees. Big, we win a lot of games at home. Um, our team is very tailored towards our, our ballpark, as all teams are. Right. Um,
0: One of the quirks about baseball that makes it so unique. Um, that's what I love about it. Um, in, in, like, so. Basically, championship windows is a term that gets thrown out a lot across all sports, right? And I think a common misconception or a slight mistake that media and fans make alike is that championship windows are bigger than than you may think, and I think you specifically, shout out you Alec Argento, so, uh, were on top of this with the Mets. When the Mets made the World Series, it was a, the next year, and you know they're doing what they can. They make a little streak. They end up getting the wild card. They lose in the wild card game, and they're out. That's it. That's, they're done. Right? You were very on the forefront here of saying this window is not as big as people think. Yeah. This window needs to be taken advantage of now, or it's gonna slam shut. And the Cubs are another example. Now I could probably and the Cubs are still a good team. Right. And the Cubs are still a good team, but they don't feel like a championship got like team like they did two you, years ago. You
1: know that there's two teams that, that are gonna win this well, there's one of two teams that's gonna win the World Series this year. It's the Red Sox or the Yankees. I I wow. I, I, I don't think and I don't think it's the Yankees, I think it's the Red Sox. I I the national league is not good. Um, they're not they're not
0: not on the level that the AL you, is at you,
1: least. you looked at that all-star game and you looked at the comparison of talent and you like Nick Markakis was one of the leading vote getters yeah it was a great story i'm happy for you. he's having a good season you put nick there's a reason nick markakis never was an all-star in the american league right absolutely yeah and and even the astros i don't think the astros have what have what it's going to take this year the indians are leisurely getting a, a divisional win when they don't deserve it, they're not a playoff team. And it
0: is very hard to go back to back. and that's part of the my argument here. Yep. so you can probably argue, and I'm going to argue it right now that the Yankees championship window opened up last season. Yep. It, w- it was open. there was a, there was a glimmer of sunshine that shined through the window and woke up the Yankees and were like, holy crap, we can make it out there. We can make it to the championship. We're, we're right, we're one game away, right? That championship window opened last year. Now it's wide open this year, Mm -hmm. and it still seems to be not as open as we expected. Is there a point where you can see in the future where that window starts to close? Because right now in a lot of people's heads, that window is still opening, and I hear from Yankee fans, Listen, we're we're so good, we're so talented, we're so young. We don't need to do it this year. We we have next year. We have the year after. Uh, I that. don't think you've. Is ever that a mindset that. You, you can you've have? You've never heard that from a Yankee fan. I one hundred percent have. Because every one thousand percent have heard that every, multiple multiple times. Every
1: Yankee fan that I've ever spoken to is like, we need to win this year. It's, that's always the is no matter what year it is, even if we're in a downturn, we have to win this year. That's always been a Yankee mentality for a reason because I think we all recognize that even though we, we're one of the few teams that's had a dynasty, dynasties don't happen in baseball no. often. The, the
0: Giants winning every other year for a handful of years those was, different teams was, too. So those, the, was so bizarre. That was so bizarre. That's not
1: a dynasty, too. Those are different teams, right? right. Look at the rest It's kind of like
0: the Spurs that they call the Spurs a dynasty. Yeah. Realistically, the Tim Duncan led uh, with David Robinson behind him. Was absolutely different from the Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony Parker trio, which was absolutely different from Kawhi Leonard winning the MVP. Exactly, like that is an outrageous dynasty.
1: The Josh Beckett Red Sox wasn't that far off from I don't know who, who was the next one, who was the, whatever. It Doesn't matter. But th- that ten year period, when they John were, Lester, yeah, exactly. So when that ten year period when they were winning three different uh, when they won three different World Series, those are different teams, drastically different teams. They win it this year. It's not the, not even close to the same team as it was last year. Windows Windows. Can stay open for long. Windows can close really quickly. Look at Gary Sanchez, right? Gary Sanchez. I mean,
0: I'm on this podcast before the season starts saying he's the best hitter on the team.
1: Yeah, same. And and I don't think you know. I think Mookie Betts had a shitty year last year too. But right. He's probably his second in MVP going to JD Martinez, but um, his own teammate. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but things happen drastically differently in a, in a season, and you have a lot of players who are young on the Yankees or. Just inexperienced. Look at Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is inexperienced, but he's also 26 years old. He's not. He's not young, right? He's looks at you know baseball prime is usually like 28 to 32, but who knows? He's a big guy. Injuries can happen. What if he gets a foot injury or something Oof. like that? You you never know. And we don't have like a pit. We don't have a rotation that you can build on either. Really, we have Severino who's looking really crappy lately, but that's fine. That's just that's, not worried about him. It's yeah. an ebb and flow. Yeah, but like Tanaka. Isn't it weird that Tanaka is like 28 years old? Doesn't he feel like he's like 45? He,
0: because kind of with the way he pitches though, I think this is kind of his style with the splitter and like the more finesse style. Like he's not throwing ninety-eight on the gun. He feels like an old guy.
1: Yeah, he feels like an old guy. He feels
0: like he got old guy stuff.
1: But like, and here's the thing too: is like the Cubs are we're gonna win the division for a while. I don't see the Cubs anytime soon competing for a World Series. That's what—that's my whole thing. Is like they'll get, they'll win. They might go to an NLCS. They might go to a World Series. They will not win against the Astros, the Yankees, or the Red Sox. They're just much better teams. They're significantly better teams.
0: Doesn't that thought that you just threw out there, which I'm not trying to say is wrong, but doesn't that thought go against the idea that baseball is a parity sport, though?
1: No. I, I feel
0: like it does because they're one of the best no. teams in the in the, Ameri- in the National re- League. You haven't
1: had a repeat championship in like 20, 20 years since the Yankees. Right. In the 90s. That was the last time you had a repeat. Cha- that's that But
0: you're, you're saying three teams have a realistic chance to win the World Series this year. Yeah,
1: but three teams next year could be totally different.
0: Uh, so you're, I guess the cross-season parity is, is the re- the right thing yeah. to refer to there. Yeah. Fair.
1: Uh, I mean, that's what I'm I— I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. The Royals, everyone thought they were going to be a dynasty. That— that that team was done after their second that that they won that world series. They haven't been good since.
0: And some people think they weren't even that good then. <laughs> Contact baby. <laughs> Which is weird. Contact baby.
1: <laughs> I don't well that that was a weird that was a fluke world series. The Mets shouldn't have been there and the Royals shouldn't have been there.
0: Bizarre. Uh let, let's go back to this real quick cuz I know you said that there Yan- these yankee fans don't exist, but I mean literally working working the, the callers, you know, screening callers at the fan, I'm hearing <laughs> these people call into me before they get on air and they're saying, "Oh, that that last caller is like out of his mind. We don't need to make that trade. We're we're so good. We have a chance now. We're gonna have chances for years to come. Like these people exist and these ideas do exist. And it's almost the same. And I'm gonna say almost, I'm gonna emphasize it, almost the same as the Mets in, in in 15 when they made it, because Mets fans thought we had multiple years of this. Yeah. We thought we had multiple years and we don't have the position player talent at all, but we had the pitching talent and Literally, shit just hit the fan, and now look at the Mets—they're a pathetic joke of a franchise. But that's why good. And teams, that's three years.
1: That's why teams that win don't really put a lot of money into their rotations. If like nowadays, it's not always been like that, but nowadays it's like, and if they do, it's like they know that there's there's like a time a timeline for what. Like John Lester signed a big deal; they knew they were going to get good John Lester for the first couple of years, and now it's like, eh, what's John Lester these days? Right? What's he going to be next year? What's going to be the year after, and everything like that? So that, that's the way you do it, but the yankees are in the best position to succeed for the future because Absolutely. because they have a really competent gm controllable talent controllable talent the the funds to to improve upon that in the free agency the attraction of the yankees and uh, a farm, you know just a farm system they could dig from if they need to make trades. The Astros are like that too, except they're not New York. They're not the New York Yankees. Right. I'm not saying that as like a brag or anything. But it's it, facts. Yeah, it's 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 easier to get Giancarlo Stanton to, to waive his no trade clothes to go to the Yankees than it is to go to the Houston Astros, right? Absolutely. It, it even though it's easy for that, and the Red Sox are their their finances are a mess. They're an absolute mess. They're paying like three guys forty million dollars to not play for their team this year. It's. They're way over the luxury tax and everything like that, and Dave Dombrowski's probably not really that good of a GM. He just, you know, he's a, the Red Sox, which is an easier team to control than other things. Right. The Cubs, at the end of the day, like, wh- while they're while they're a huge market, Chicago's not New York. It's just no. not New York, and that's why they're not going to be in the same position. But um, you look at the talent that, that's on, on on teams right now, and the parity comes because I do think the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros are equally good. Right. In different ways for the most but they're pretty different teams. Um, but magic comes into it, buddy. <laughs> and you
0: feel it for the Red Sox. Actually, let's talk about another team quickly. Speaking of uh financials, the Los Angeles Dodgers, man, they are making swings and they are paying people. They have the biggest payroll Always in the been league. Like that. If I'm not mistaken, biggest payroll in the league?
1: Yep, yeah, but yeah, well, I don't know if it's just, still true, but, but just but, traded for
0: Machado. Like they're taking swings. He's not making a lot of money. They just were in the World Series. Oh, well, fine. Well, they're hoping to re sign him, I'm sure. Yeah and he seems the, to be happy to be there. Did
1: you think the Dodgers were going to gonna win last year when they won the World Series?
0: I thought they had a chance. I mean, looking back, it's hard to so. say that they did because the Astros won and pretty convincingly. But, yeah, going into that series, I was like, yeah, Clayton Kershaw yeah, can, they, can steal two games. He can win two games by still, himself. That's
1: Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. Tonight. That's correct,
0: but people are only chokers until they're not. And it sounds Good like point. a really stupid I, I statement, that. but people are only chokers until they're not. And until you get, like, slightly over that hump, like, if James Harden, for example, and I hate to always use basketball, but it's easier for me to make these analogies. If James Harden knocked off the Warriors this year, he didn't even, like, obviously he needed to beat LeBron in that crappy Cavs team, but, like, there goes his choker label. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: if Russ wins a championship, he's not a choker anymore. Like, James Harden.
0: LeBron. LeBron was literally on every talk show. Choker. Doesn't have killer instinct. Doesn't Doesn't take the last shot. Always passes up. Then he wins the ring. You heard it like a little bit. He wins another ring. Never hear it again. That like that's how it works here. So Clayton Kershaw shows up in the World Series and uh, gets two dubs. It's like oh, Clayton Kershaw, not a joker. Who knew the whole time? I miss
1: like we don't really have it anymore. That that that, like narrative anymore of the guy who's so good but can't win a championship, so he won't be good anymore. Like LeBron used to be like that. Peyton uh, Peyton Manning used to be like that. That's that's great. That's like Peyton Manning was a
0: perfect example. He was a choker until he wasn't.
1: And what did he do different? Did he was he a
0: different guy no, he when had, he
1: he had a defensive minded team around him when
0: he finally got over the hump? Was he a when different he was, guy uh,
1: when he when and he didn't get over the hump? The because t- he was horrible the year he won. Well, for oh, the, the first sorry. year, the first year. Yeah, well, the first year they lucked into it too with that. The was it the AFC Championship game or was it the game before that?
0: The AFC Championship with yeah, the, with, yeah that lucky call they got whatever. Yeah. It's interesting, man. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, by what. the
1: way, I want to just make one point about baseball. Everyone's talking. People never trade intra intra, uh, intra, div- uh, intra division anymore. Look at the trades that went on during this deadline. Nathan Ivaldi from the Rays to the to the Red Sox. Zach Britton from the Orioles to the Yankees. Estrubal Cabrera from the Mets to the Phillies. Jay Hat from the Blue Jays to the Yankees. Don't ever tell me that this stuff can't happen anymore because teams are smart enough to realize now that they're not going to cut off their nose to spite their face anymore. Except for the Mets. <laughs> and that's always been my point about the DeGrom thing, man. That's always been my point. Make that trade. Get the, get the prospects. You could have had Andujar.
0: I was thinking about this before when you were talking about something or other. I forget. Oh, you said how the the Cubs are big market Chicago, but they're not New York. The Astros are big like big team right now, but they're not New York. You can say that when you say that. You should, <laughs> I mean the Yankees. You should say the Yankees <laughs> because the Mets might as well be the New Jersey Nets right now or the Brooklyn Nets. Like they may have may as well not be a New York franchise. Might as well put the Mets in Buffalo. Like be, let's be real.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. I think that I mean it's weird because I think that the Mets when they had that window. They could have elongated that window if the ownership wasn't horrible, right? Because it's not that it's the Mets. It's the, it's the Wilpons, right? It's, right. It's that, it's that whole situation. They've it's not before. the
0: Knicks. It's Dolan.
1: It's, it's, it, but that's real. That's a real I thing, know. though. It's it, so
0: frustrating. But you know why it's frustrating? And this is a public service announcement to all you fans on Twitter out there saying for, like, Will Wilpons, just sell the team already. Like, somebody buy the team. Like, how are they allowed to run the team? Like, they are in control of that, and nobody can force the Wilpons to sell the team unless baseball, like the MLB, yeah, gets but, involved. But, and that's but,
1: not going to happen. But baseball should have gotten involved in the past.
0: Well, that's that's long gone. They, they don't have that ground to stand on anymore. Well,
1: I, I've, I've, a lot of people were talking about it these days, but um, I mean, uh, Butt Sealing and, and Fred Wilpon are, are buddies. Like, they're close friends. After the Madoff thing. They should have lost the team.
0: Is this it, sports conspiracy? conspiracy, it's, not a conspiracy
1: it's not a conspiracy. It just happens. It's business. If you, if you know the right people, you get away with the things that you do. They were using team money to in a, the biggest Ponzi scheme in, in, a, in a generation. They Fred Wilpon fired somebody for being pregnant. Uh, like that was a real thing that happened. It's if you don't lose your team, there the window's gone. You know, like that. They should have lost the team a while ago.
0: But now that that's gone, it ain't happening for that no, anymore. It's not. You know what I mean? Like, he's not soon though. He's oh, like he's God. Like a, oh, he's like a million years he's old. He's got a son who does more things than him anyway. Right now, is that Jeff? Jeff? I
1: thought they were brothers. Oh, I didn't know that they. Oh, were. is it a brother? No, I think I it's a son. I thought it was like the Steinbrenners. How they? How uh, oh, it's? Howlin'. Uh, not like...
0: everybody's the Yankees, man.
1: No, nobody can be.
0: <laughs> I tried to make that a dig at you, and you were just like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> You uh, want to talk about football real quick? Well, do you have any last words on baseball? I was just gonna ask you if you have any no. Last it's words.
1: it's kind of a weird part right now. I mean, I'd like to see uh, Jay uh You know, I'm, I'm I'm the entire day today. I'm, I'm monitoring when it, when his ERA finally hits below four. Mm. So I'm like, okay, J-Hap's good again.
0: <laughs> you know what we should monitor by the way? Um, my, my good buddy Andrew at work, my office buddy Andrew has been keeping me up to date on Jacob DeGrom's war versus win statistic. <laughs> I, won, I haven't was, was checked it. five it. and six? I haven't checked it. But he still has five wins. That's correct. Uh, but I haven't checked it since his last start. But he has a 1.82 ERA. Five wins. And he lost yesterday, right? Yes. <laughs> he lost. He didn't even get no, no decision this time because the Mets scored zero runs. And when the Mets win one nothing, <laughs> the Mets win one nothing on Sunday, Zach Wheeler gets a hit to score the run. <laughs> How about that? <laughs>
1: What, why do you not trade that person at that point? Even if it's Both of the them.
0: Wheeler or DeGrom or any well, of them.
1: Wheeler is, is a little younger, isn't he? You got more years than DeGrom. On correct, him. yes. Yeah. Well,
0: his his control is almost, almost over because he played 13, 14, had two injury years, and now has played 16, I 17.
1: If, I didn't know if that counted against him. Well, the
0: two years in between I don't think count, but it's still four years of play. Okay. Well, get uh, I'm not years. sure. We got
1: yeah. arbitration years for the next three. Right. Um, But DeGrom, he's at the height of his career right now. He'll never be better than what he's doing this year. You can't be physically get the best return you could possibly get. People will pay an arm. There was no pitching market this year. But speak,
0: speaking of the wopans, this is this is kind of how they seem to operate. They will pay the money for their guy who's already there. We saw it with Cespedes. They had him already. I'll uh, we'll repay this guy because our fans already have him, and they they'll be want to
1: pay Cespedes. They, they, but
0: they, but they felt forced to because yeah. he was already their guy. He already got them somewhere. DeGrom is already their guy. He's already got them places. They are now more likely to pay him than, for example, but, to go but, out onto the market and pay somebody else. But
1: DeGrom was their guy until this year. It was always Harvey, and then it was Syndergaard. DeGrom, Met, they finally no. realized uh, that I'm he was gonna, their best pitcher. I'm going to
0: disagree. I think Mets fans always thought he was the best guy. I
1: don't, I don't know. I for the past, like,
0: like, three seasons. Harvey had the Once year, Harvey went down, Har- well, we yeah, knew Harvey he was the best.
1: it was a year and a half, two years. Yeah. He was good. Then I felt he like was all Syndergaard, because Syndergaard had the personality that the Mets fans liked and everything like that, which, whatever. Thor. Yeah, which he's the most fragile person in the world. You get you don't get to be called Thor. If Hand,
0: you know. foot, and mouth disease. Yeah,
1: that guy sucks. I hate him. Oh. Uh, he's like, he my, follow, hey,
0: he follows Sportblog NYC on Twitter.
1: So good, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> block him. No, I hate him so much. <laughs> and he'll probably he'll probably block me now. He'll probably seek me out, even though I have no interest in blocking. You. He, and he you're private that. on Twitter. He does that. Yeah, he does shit like that. I hate him so much. I actually, I and I love Degrom. I think Degrom is 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 an incredible talent. He's a class act and like
0: i uh, mean i say this about aaron judge he is a guy who as a mets fan i love i think he's fantastic and when he gets hurt i'm actually feeling sorrow for yankees fans that your guys now hurt you know if it's gary sanchez i don't really as a Mets fan i don't really yeah, care I feel the same way as a baseball the fan obviously i care but as a mets fan sanchez being hurt whatever fraser hurt whatever even even tanaka hurt whatever judges hurt it's like damn
1: yeah, I, damn, Aaron a, Judge is the guy, and Degrom has like the that. same.
0: Degrom has the same exact value for
1: sure. I, 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 would root against Syndergaard forever. Uh, but Degrom, I, I just, I love how he. I, I love a good pitcher. Sorry, I dropped my phone. Sorry, uh, you've been
0: making noises the whole podcast. Ever? I don't know. Maybe. Um, I felt like the right thing to say at the moment.
1: But. Uh, DeGrom is a pitcher in an era where we don't have pitchers anymore. We have throwers who just overpower people, throw 100 miles an hour. 100 miles an hour is the new norm and everything. And he throws hard, but he could just locate, man. He could throw hard and locate.
0: All right, last thing on baseball before we uh, spit some knowledge on on football for a hot minute. Um, There's something to be said about fatigue over the course of seasons. If the Yankees' core is together, which it should be this year, next year, year after that, if you guys continue to make runs deep in the postseason, but don't quite get over the hump, don't quite make that World Series, don't quite win that World Series, so but you, all the 2000s. But, right. But you keep playing 200 games every year, but not winning. Does that weigh negatively, yes. or does that give you the experience needed to make it change in years of future? No,
1: that was the 2000s, and it didn't work. Um, that's why we had to revamp the team in 2009 and buy a championship. We did buy it. That was the only year the Yankees really. Everyone talks about how we buy championships. The only time it ever worked is in 09 We bought CC, and, and that was Sarah. after that was
0: after years of missing.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many t- how many times in the in the mid 2000s 2004, 2003, 2001? Like,
0: shout out Giambi, shout out Francesa. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my favorite thing on Twitter is just going Dude. if you every every time he mentions anything, it's all about Giambi trade I don't know. I don't know if I like it
0: better or worse after I heard Mike say how he never has looked at a reply and doesn't plan on it like does that make me you think kind of, he doesn't look he does he said he that looks. he doesn't he doesn't know how he,
1: he, yeah
0: they, they asked him to post a picture and he needed help <laughs>
1: I love that he runs his own tweet, he, and you you can try to tell me he was oh, somebody else. Rather. His voice
0: is so clear. There's some really. I think he, I said this on the pod says, before. He's
1: a colon today in his tweet. I was like, that is so Francesca.
0: There's like a really weird satisfaction I get out of Francesca's crapping on the Mets tweets. Like when he just like when <laughs> he, he doesn't miss an opportunity when he so eloquently just shreds the Mets to pieces in two and a half lines. It like, oh my God, it gets me going for a day. And <laughs> it's, it's like so a guilty pleasure because it makes me sad on one hand. But on the other hand, I just love every second of and it. Then, every word, I'm into it. And then the comments,
1: no matter what, are about trading for Giambi. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to me. All right, no more baseball. Let's go to let's go foosball.
0: <sighs> Will Giambi be a better right tackle than Eric Flowers? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, honestly. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's start with the Jets. Because the Sam Darnold thing is kind of quirky mm. with his whole contract thing. I love it. A little quirky. huh? I personally, if you listen to this podcast, know you may know that I love Sam Darnold coming into this draft. I thought he would be the second best quarterback of the big four. Drafted, I, I really like Josh Rosen a lot. But that's neither here nor there. I knew the Giants or Jets weren't taking Rosen. Darnold, I thought, was still in play, even though I should have opened my eyes and realized the Giants were taking Barkley. The Jets end up with Darnold, and I'm happy for Jets fans. I think it's really good. And now you get this contract holdout. And a holdout for a rookie always feels a little bit different than like a Le'Veon Bell holdout when you're established and you've done something already. When you're a rookie and you're holding out, it can put a bad taste in people's mouths. Do you think, if you had a guess, obviously we don't know anything about this right now from a personal standpoint, do you think it's like the agent holding out? Do you think it's Sam pushing on it? Do you think it's his family? Is the Jets being cheap? Like what the hell is going on with the rookie quarterback, third overall
1: pick, that is not signed yet. What the hell is that? You know what I think happened? What? Saquon got a deal before he played a game. Saquon got a big deal before he played a game. I think he sees the guys who were who are sharing the locker room with him uh, and how much they got paid um, for for a position that's not as important as a quarterback. And he's trying to get his. Simple as that. I think that's what it is. I, 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 nobody. I've never seen that before. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't No, I, I mean,
0: was. Eli basically said, I'm not going to the Chargers. Trade me to the Giants. Yeah, but I don't Which think— Which is I a similar I concept. Don't, but I
1: don't, no, I'm not saying that. And Saquon didn't even say anything, but I don't think I've ever seen somebody get paid Sam. that much without asking.
0: Oh, Saquon. Yeah, 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 yeah correct.
1: Yeah, Sa- Saquon getting paid that much without asking. And then that that now sets a precedent. As soon as one guy gets that— Same market. that That's a precedent.
0: You know, uh, there's something to be said here, and maybe the Giants could have saved a couple schmeckles with the deal if they didn't pay him quite as much, but a lot of people say about running backs and why, you know, maybe you shouldn't draft them is because their career window is much smaller than a quarterback, right? A quarterback can play 15 good years. A running back, if you get eight, like, that's fantastic. So maybe it's like a new way to think about paying a running back early because you're his best years are Do you in, want to have a Leveon situation? Right, like his best years are in theory, years 2 to 5. Yep. Right? Like that's kind of how yep. running backs are working right now and you never know what they can be as they get older. Some people do it gracefully, some people don't. So pay him now,
1: right? He's going to help the team. No, I think I think it's a smart way cuz you don't you he's going to be happy. He's going to be happy with his money. He's not going to he's not going to hold out for an extension or anything like that. And you're not going to have a Le'Veon Bell situation, which we, as we know, is a horrible situation <laughs> for. And Weird. now Le'Veon's not worth the contract that he wants because he's old. Because he should have got it years ago, but he was being paid like it, like he was, he was getting franchise tag and everything. But you, you want security, right? And mm-hmm. I don't, is a franchise tag guaranteed? I don't think for it's for one year though. It's it's fully guaranteed. It's just one year, yeah. Okay, um, but yeah, though I mean I, I think I think you, the Giants actually that was a smart move by the Giants. I think that was a really good move, but now probably not for the league. It wasn't a good move for the league because now that's always going to happen. Now people are going to want that.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I mean depends like, didn't get it, it get depends. It depends how you look at it. Well, the Maras have been more outspoken about making that happen. So hopefully it will. I think it should.
1: It's like what the Yankees do. They don't talk extension until your contracts up. That's how they, that's how they are. But now they
0: are, they're saying it's going to happen soon. No,
1: so. I know. But I mean, the Giants have just always been, had that kind of practice, but I guess maybe because, uh, that was under Jerry Reese
0: and old Tom Coughlin, Googling Tom Coughlin action. Um. Let's talk about the actual team, the actual season. Uh, A little tick in the over-unders for the Jets and the Giants. Now, this might be a little New York bias thing here where the Giants and Jets just kind of build up more hype across the league uh, just because they're more in the the news. So the Giants were at 6.5 or 6 games for their over-under to start the the book. Jets were at 5. The Jets are now 5.5, and and the Giants' over-under is now at 7. So thinking about the Giants overall, where do you see them landing within the NFC East? Let's just talk NFC East. Do you see them at the top of the division? Do you see them near the playoffs? What are you expecting?
1: Well, it's tough, and I want to Cause say... Because it's early. Yeah, it's tough, and I always want to say this. When people say that people have tough schedules, there's no such thing as knowing that there's a tougher, good schedule before him because things change so dramatically every from year to year. I do think the Giants have the talent, just as much talent as any other Super Bowl competitor there. Um, and I think that... For Pat Shermer seems like he's going to be a good coach, um, and at I, least offensively where they need it. Yeah, uh, and I think they're, I think they have the capability to win the division. I think they'll win the wild card, win a wild card. Uh, I think that the Giants always do well when they're when people don't think they're going to do well, and they always do horribly when they think they're going to be great. Um, we saw it last year. We saw it the year after the Super Bowl when they won. The year, you know, it's always what happens. I would, I would, I also think the NFC is. Pretty garbage, just overall, and it not not in terms. I think the talent isn't there yet. Like, there's a lot of people who are younger, a lot of teams that are younger that'll get there, but I think the Giants have a good mix of older stars, older players that have been there, uh, and young talent that is eager and just really talented.
0: When ESPN did their recent article of ranking rosters, they ranked. I think they're just power ranked every roster in the league. And obviously it's too early. And obviously it's more of an exercise to have some interesting conversations and really break down what we can see as of right now. So I'm not trying to crap on the idea of the article too much because content, you need to get it out there. You need to make content. That's what we're doing right now by using their article. But the Giants were ranked like 27th or something like that. And Colin Cowherd, who take him or leave him, could be a hot take guy sometimes, could be really well thought out other times. Who cares? Depends how you look at it. But I thought he had a really, really good and interesting point about the New York Giants. So basically, when he saw 27th-ranked roster for the Giants, he went, wait, what? The Giants happen to have elite players at multiple different sectors of an NFL team.
1: Uh, at important positions right. as well.
0: So let's break it down. I think he broke it down to seven units. So I'm going to try to, off the top of my head, reenact kind of what he did there. So he started with offense, and he went running back. Saquon Barkley is the type of rookie who should be great right away. He should be closer to his prime now than in, say, eight years, ten years, whatever. So Saquon Barkley, off the bat. Wide receiver, obviously Odell Beckham. Tight end, Evan Ingram proved to be a good playmaking tight end last year. That's three on offense. Then you count the offensive line. Nate Solder, one of the better tackles in the game. Defense, Olivier Vernon, great outside linebacker. Damon Snacks-Harrison. Uh, def- well, outside backer, defensive end, same same concept right now. Uh, Damon Snacks-Harrison, elite defensive tackle. Landon Collins, great safety. Janoris Jenkins, oftentimes in his career, a very good corner.
1: When you hear all these names and then you, those are just the great ones. Then there's the good, the, the above average ones. Then too. you got the
0: pickup of Alec Ogletree. You got a rookie who people like in Will Hernandez.
1: Sterling Shepard.
0: still exactly, Sterling Shepard. It kind of go. It kind of goes on and on and on here. Do you think that like that name power, that star power, should translate enough to to not sleep on the Giants? Or are you just happy that no one, that people are sleeping right now?
1: I think that I always say this, with, but but like teams, because I, I I mostly just watch what I the teams I root for, and when you watch a team every game. You see things that people don't talk about in national coverage. The Giants weren't bad last year because they weren't talented. It's the same team that was a little bit better than the year before, right? That they did really well. Nobody talks about how many injuries were on that team. You see the Odell stuff and everything like that. Everyone, every playmaker on that team was on the IR the entire year. They were they, throwing out like Roger Lewis at as, the the receiver, yeah. as the number one receiver. As the number one receiver, Dwayne Harris was, you know, Sterling Shepard. There was a point where. Odell Sterling Shepard, uh, uh, Brandon Marshall, and Dwayne Harris were our top four receivers were out last year. Plus, you had Ben McAdoo, who had no idea how to coach. Anybody could be a better coach than Ben McAdoo was last year. Even if Pat Shermer is not great, he's a better, he's an improvement upon what Ben McAdoo was last year. Those, for those reasons, the Giants can't just be. A two, oh, what did they win two games last year? They can't win two games. Three, three, three games. But yeah, they, they're they're. At worst, above average, they were worse than nine win team for me.
0: So, you like with the seven when you hear seven over under, I'm you're like, over, you're like, that's pushing or going over.
1: It's 100% going over. All uh, right, 500
0: 500. I'm not 500 saying four. they're
1: going to win 15 games this year by any stretch. Okay. I'm yeah. I imagine that'd be, but, that'd be a whole lot, but I think they're locked for nine, locked for nine, probably a 10 or 11 win team.
0: And, real quick, one last note before we talk about the Jets for a hot second here. Um, the NFC East is as per usual a very strong division right now. You think, actually? I, I really do because I,
1: think,
0: I think the Eagles, we, even if they take a step back, are going to be a good team. They're going to be very competitive. I don't think they're going to light the world on fire like they did last year. It's just hard to do that year after year. Was a fluke season. Well, so would, say, say what you want. They have a talented roster. They have a really talented roster. No, I'm not saying And if Alex. Carson Wentz is remotely healthy, he's fantastic. Sure. So, so let's just say they take a step back, but they are what they are. Then you have Alex Smith in in Washington. Mm-hmm. A guy who wins regular season games. I saw the face you just gave me. The guy wins regular season games, and the Cowboys aren't online. the Cowboys aren't a pushover. Yes, they. Whether are. you you hate Dak Prescott, no, so you are irrelevant. They are not a pushover.
1: They are they were a pushover last year. They were a pushover the year before Dak got there. People know that Dak's not good. If you can if you can isolate Dak, you'll be good. And and that caught up to him. You can people can figure out how to. This how is to, his year to show it. And he won't because he's not good. <laughs> I mean, he's, and, and Alex Smith, if you, have to, if you think He
0: wins regular season games. He does. All, first
1: of all, the Kansas City has, has had his entire time there a much better roster than he has in, in, in Washington. They've always had a good defense. And at, at different times, their offense was in, in different positions. They, 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 towards the end of his time there, he had a good running game and everything like that. He had decent receivers and stuff like that for, for the majority of his time there. What does he have on Washington?
0: Yeah, Jordan Reed, who's never healthy. Uh, yeah, Sean <laughs> yeah. Jackson's
1: gone. Pierre, I think Pierre Garçon's gone.
0: They have a, a couple of decent little running backs out there. I can't think of them in my head.
1: No, they have nothing there. Uh, it's fair, but the, if and, you, just. I'm just saying
0: this. To me, the NFC East feels like a, a year where everybody can get six wins and everybody can – like the the range will be six to ten wins for the entire division. I
1: disagree. I, th- I, think, th- I think the Eagles win the division. I don't think they're going to run away with it. I think it's going to be them and the Giants are going to be close. Uh, I think the Eagles win it, and I think the I think the Eagles win it with like ten wins. Giants get the wild card with like nine, uh, uh, and then the Redskins and the Cowboys get beat up. All, most of our wins, most of the Eagles and the Giants wins are from the from the inner division.
0: Interesting, because it's hard to win those division it games. It is. It is. It is.
1: I don't think they're good. I really. Yeah. I. I, and I definitely don't think the Cowboys are good at all. All and, right. All right. All right. it's early
0: red. enough to where I can just I can it's early enough that I can use the cliche line of we'll wait and see then, I guess. I guess we'll wait and see. All right. Uh New York Jets, five and a half wins. Todd Bowles. Kinda like him, personally. Kinda like Todd Bowles. I'm a Todd Bowles guy. People's I would say. Players coach. Guy, you know, team plays hard. Defense is usually pretty decent. It's going to be interesting. Who plays quarterback for the most games? Is it McCown? Is does Bridgewater get a go? Does Sam Darnold take over week four and run away? Does Sam Darnold play week four and then look like crap and get taken back out? Because that's probably worst case scenario. And really interesting for the Jets.
1: You think they roll with three quarterbacks right Oh, season?
0: man. I don't know, dude. I
1: think they kind of have to.
0: At this point, unless there's a trade out there for Teddy, what I think the Jets should do: <coughs> wait for one of these quarterbacks somewhere else to be hurt, and then Teddy. Did open market. It? Teddy market. Teddy on the open market, man.
1: I'm actually really sad. I always thought Teddy Bridgewater could be a really good quarterback in the NFL. Not not great or anything like that, but I think he, for a couple of years... You know he could Michael Vick type things. Yeah, I'm sorry, RG three type things in All the right, early that's early of his career, just in terms of because he doesn't have
0: he doesn't run he doesn't run.
1: No, but he but he, he does have good awareness and oh he get, he, he, he moves
0: get, but he doesn't run. That, yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, but
1: it's kind of like that Ben Roethlisberger type thing where it's like he's not a runner but he extends. Yeah, he extends plays, makes a it, makes it simple plays. Yeah, and extends and to make big ones. That's always what you want in a quarterback is yeah. a guy who can extend the play. You don't want a guy who's going to run first or anything like that. I think he's always had that awareness. That sucks what happened to him.
0: No, unfortunate. Unfortunate. So five and a half, just because I want to close this out. And we're going to talk more about football as the months move on. Uh, five and a half. What does that feel like to you?
1: They won six last year. That's a tough one. They won six last year. But there's, but they also had a consistent quarterback. Did they win six or they win
0: four last year? Actually. I thought they won
1: four. They might have won four. But they, they had a consistent quarterback last year. This is the year. It's like going to be with like, uh, what happened with, with Mr. um, Darnold's not going to start right away. They're going to probably be crappy. Maybe steal an extra couple of games, and Darnold won't be good for a while because he's just got to get used to the league. Mm. So I don't know. I, I say five is probably they won five last year. I, I think five is a good number for them, uh, but I think it's a good five. You know, like when there's bad fives and and and, and yeah, good like five. last
0: year was probably a good five for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think this is a, is you, you'll see a lot of improvements in a lot of areas, but it won't win them games. Like
0: if Darnold's playing in some of these games in the second half of the season, and and he's in it. Yeah. And doesn't quite win them all, that's fine if he's showing he can do it.
1: Yeah, it's like what we say about the Knicks. Like we don't care actually care if they win, we just want to have see promise in the future. Right. And I think I don't know Todd Ball seems like a Kenny Atkinson type of type of coach, you know where it's like he always gets his players to play hard, right? Fundamentals, gets better performances out of people that aren't that great. Um, he's a football guy. Yeah. I don't know that he is a football guy. Uh but
0: <laughs> Loki. Yeah.
1: I, I don't think the Jets have a lot of talent, but they have the foundation now where they could start building it. That, that's why they only win five games. Interesting.
0: All right, man. This has been fun. Yeah, man. As always. Alec Argento. Uh, real quick note, you know, this it's 59 minute, 58 and a half, not 59 minutes into the podcast here. We're about to close out. But Mr. Alec Argento, always on the podcast. A shout-out to you. Uh, you know, hopefully one day this podcast or a new podcast with similar people, a.k.a. me and possibly you, Uh, It moves on to bigger, when I say possibly, I mean probably, (laughs) Um, it moves on to bigger audiences and bigger things, and I'm going to try to keep doing some cool stuff here. And and shout out to Alec. I, I, I have the dreams of a Bill Simmons type podcast. Obviously, that's the fucking biggest podcast in the world. But that type, that style, right, where he always has on a few buddies who just come in and shoot the breeze and talk sports, who are knowledgeable and have fun with it, Mr. Alec Argento is my guy. Sub boys? So thank you to you. And thank you to listeners. Sports Blog New York Podcast, iTunes, Apple Podcast app. Drop the stars. Drop the ratings. Don't forget to write in the review, too. Don't forget to write. Tell us what you ate for breakfast. Who cares? <laughs> so thank you so much for listening. Conspiracy theories are welcome. <laughs> I am P Kennedy. Alec Argento. Y'all have a great day. Peace.